Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And welcome, everyone, to Rock M Radio. This is another episode of Dive Cuts. We are on Season 6, Episode 27. And the video reveal, first time live on screen. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Sam Snelling. Uh, with me for the first time on, on the video screen here is Matt Watkins, at Data Mizzou. Many people know him on Twitter as uh, Matt. How are you? How's it going? I'm doing well. Put in a full day and uh, ready to talk some basketball. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always fun to like, you know, have work and then come home and do more work. Um, but at least this part of the work is uh, is a little more fun to talk about. Um, I guess you know we'll start off. Big news of the day was Missouri got a commitment from uh, John Tanji. Uh, did I say that right, Tanjay? I think it's Tanjay. Tanjay. Um, so, uh, an Omaha native spent the last four years at Colorado state and, uh, a guy who, uh, I think both of us really like, I know he was, he was sort of, once he entered the portal, he was a guy who was kind of high on my list. I hope Missouri would get involved. Um, you know, Dennis Gates, I think has done a really good job of being quiet about like who he's pursuing. And, and you only kind of learn that, uh, that he was really involved with, with, you know, Tom Jay and, Really, once he committed, <laughs> we didn't even know he was on campus. Um, but good news, they, they got a guy who, who who can do a lot for them. He seems to fit the the roster and what they need pretty well. Uh, what were your first kind of like takeaways from uh, the news when you saw the Tanjik uh, committed? Well, I think surprise, first of all. I wasn't really expecting anything to happen this fast. <clears throat> but... Um, I went back and looked, and I believe he announced his intention to transfer on March 22nd, which was last Wednesday. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was in town, I'm guessing, on Saturday, and he committed on Monday. So the only information that we had in between was that uh, Mizzou would contact him. That was, that was it. You know, it, was, it came as a bit of a surprise, but... I think it's a good surprise, though. He's a he's a good player. I was kind of thinking about this earlier when uh, Mizzou had been, well, when we had been preparing for a potential coaching change two years ago. Um, I had spent a fair amount of time watching Colorado State, and I didn't really realize that I would be looking at players that would possibly be Mizzou Tigers at the time. But <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, he's a he's a good player. He's uh, he. 
shoots the ball well. He moves well. He's a he's a bigger guy, you know, six five but sturdy built. Um, you know, I'm impressed with his ability to rebound as a wing, which we know very well is important. Rebounding. <laughs> so that uh, that should help. Um, you know, it's not too often that you're completely caught off guard with a commitment, but I think I was at least. Um, in this one, we had heard that Mizzou may be meeting with a few others, but not this particular player. So a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Well, let's kind of like talk about that because, you know, like the, 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 you know, Dennis Gates bat signal kind of goes out and your initial thought is that it's a commitment. And, you know, so we have our Slack channel and we're trying to sort of do rush analysis on what this could possibly mean. Um, and I think we all sort of like settled pretty quickly on the idea that like, oh, well, this is going to be something where like they're going to draw out like the news of like all the, all the guys that walked on senior day because there was like like three quarters of the roster that walked on senior day, and they're going to draw out the news of like all these guys coming back. So it's going to be like, all right, so maybe Monday it's going to be Sean East, and then Wednesday it's going to be Noah Carter. Uh, you know, then maybe Thursday we 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 put Nick Honor's announcement up, and it's it's going to be like this process. Uh, so. And then we're like, well, maybe if it is a commitment, it's like, uh, you know, it's a 2024 guy. If it's a 2024 guy, maybe it's Jared Stevenson. Like, that would be great. Uh, you know, maybe it's like one of these other guys that they're supposedly like at the top of the list on. Uh, and then like, but the good news is, um, you know, Tanjay didn't make us wait. Uh, so like that, I actually looked at the timestamp. I think Dennis Gates sent his... Uh, his signal out at like 10.53. And then the Porter Report on Twitter found the Instagram post by like, I want to say it was like 11.05 is when that went up. So it was like a 12-minute difference of us being like, what's going on? To like basically solving the problem as something where it was not news to it being like a guy who we reasonably thought like would be an impact guy for Mizzou's right. roster next year. Um and you you kind of mentioned like the Colorado State aspect. We did a extensive uh, coaching search, kind of you know, with the possibility that Conzo was going to get fired last year. And when he did, you know, we ran this like big coaching bracket. I know uh, you were really high on Nico Medved. I was really high on Nico Medved. One of the reasons why we liked Nico Medved was he's known as a program builder, uh, and he runs great offense. And so you have all these guys like in this program and that was like attractive to me. And like when, when, you know, Tanjay went into the portal, I was like, well, I mean, what's not to like, he's been developed by a guy who knows how to develop players. He's gotten better every year. And now we have a guy who also kind of fits into the style of offense that both Medved and Gates kind of run. Like it, it this is a really kind of a, like a, you know, I don't want to necessarily say it's a perfect fit, but it's as close as you can get to a perfect fit. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> obviously, this would be a good time for Matt Harris to bring his videos in that he's been working on about the similarities between Colorado State's offense and Missouri. Yeah, I'll just I'll just put up a like a like a <laughs> big stream of his his tweets from tonight. Check like, it out on Twitter if you're interested. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 been going he's been going wild on on Twitter, getting to you know a new player to watch film on. Um, and also, and also why uh, why why. You know, Watkins pulled the the short straw and had to record this with me, is because you know Matt was too deep into the film at that point. So, uh, so also another good thing about this move, uh, from my perspective anyway, is it is a one year rental. Um, you know, so you get a guy who's going to help you immediately next year. Uh, he doesn't tie up a roster spot beyond that, uh, and it's looking like from what we've been able to tell at least that this is going to be a very senior heavy team again next year um you know provided that everything that we think is going to happen happens right yeah i think i uh, counted it up today and there's a possibility of six players on next year's roster that are in their fifth year in college um so it's yeah it's going to be an experienced group and the one thing about Tanjay that I like um, is that he was obviously on a very good team last year. Colorado State was quite good a year ago. 
they weren't quite as good this year. They lost Roddy and um, I believe Steve like losing an NBA player off your roster, you know. Hurt. But I think Isaiah Stevens got hurt early in the year, if I'm recalling right. Yeah, I think so. so. Tanjay was kind of thrust into more of a primary role than just a um, role player role. And I think that will probably benefit him well, um, having to shoulder a little bit more load on, granted it wasn't as good of a team, but if you're able to kind of strike the right balance between the guy who's had to be the guy and a guy who can run alongside the guys, then, you know, kind of get the boast of both, boast of both work, excuse me. It's been a long day. Been a long day. Um, I think if you can get that, then you've got a you know a very special situation there. Well, and when, so looking at like where we think the roster is going to be, so uh, you know if you if you talk about who like Tanjay was last year, uh, he was pretty much like the third guy behind Roddy and Stevens. Uh, Roddy was like the clear David Roddy. Uh, was drafted what late first round if I remember correctly I think he was picked by the uh, by the Grizzlies um, you know Grizz Pod again yay go Grizzlies um, but uh, but a you know a guy who was an undersized post and worked really well uh, because of his footwork because of his ability to handle the ball. But he was also like six six and like two sixty or something like that. So he was like he was a wide body, um, and to be able to kind of you know handle that in in that conference, uh, the Mountain West, uh, and then and then Medved was able to kind of build this roster out with Stevens and 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 Tanjay guys who uh, you know who could score as secondary scores really well, and it, it that completely worked for that team that year. Um, Fast forwarding to this upcoming season, at this point we believe we don't know for a fact, but it it, it is kind of trending that way that Missouri will have a kind of an undersized post who has nifty footwork and can handle the ball a little bit, uh, at, you know, because it looks like Kobe Brown is going to return for for a fifth year. Um, you know, I'm writing halfway through writing the roster math piece uh, right now, and and. And, you know, the, the main thing, as long as, like, he's going to go through the draft process, as long as the, the draft NBA people are saying, yeah. look, you're, you know, you're draftable, but you're not going to be a first-round pick, and he's probably going to return. If he returns, then you have that guy in the middle of your offense uh, really running a lot of, you know, the, the kind of pinch post stuff. And you have a piece in, you know, and John Tanche who, like, just – knows how to play off that and can hit at, you know, like 38% shooting from three point range. He's good around the rim. He's good cutting. Um, he's just a guy who like, you know, if you're starting him as your two or your three next year, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. I think he will fit in well. And especially the comparison with Kobe and David Roddy, that's, that's an astute point. Um, but I was just, I had even mentioned it to you all today that, I think that John Tanjay would have slid right into the starting rotation this year for Mizzou. Um, he's he's a very good player. He's got experience. The Mountain West is no joke. Uh, we kind of talked about it prior to Mizzou's game against Utah State. Like, is the Mountain West overrated? Blah, blah, blah. They they rate really well in the metrics, but then come tournament time, they kind of flop. Well, Mizzou beat Utah State, but look who's in the Final Four. Um you know, it's it's a legit conference. There's real talent out there, and you know, if you're executing at a high level like um, Tanjay did, it's it doesn't take a whole lot of projecting to see him moving up. Not a whole lot into the SEC. Um, you know, it's some of these some of the players that Mizzou's looked at. You know, like last year with DeAndre Golston, who transferred well. Um, it's really hard to compare the. Horizon League to the SEC, where the Mountain West is not that different. And I think, like that's a that's another good point is is the level of transfers that Dennis Gates appears to be looking at right now are not these guys who are having to you know jump multiple <laughs> levels. I think one of the things, um, you know, who is the kid from Central Arkansas? Um, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Cameron Hunter listed Missouri as like on, on the top five, and my initial thought was like. That feels like 
a guy you might take if you fail on like your first, second, third, and fourth, uh, you know, options. Cause I feel like this last season, uh, Missouri sort of, uh, you know, playing boats had a little bit, uh, exceeding a lot of expectations, put them on a faster path to being able to kind of get the players that I think Dennis Gates knows that he needs to have on the roster in order to, in order to win and, and, and win big at this level. And, you know, and I don't mean this as any like disrespect to, you know, DeAndre Golston, but if, you know, when in, a lot of the games where DeAndre Golston was kind of like your primary option, which I think is what they sort of envisioned uh, Isaiah Mosley as this year, um, you know, that those were games where the offense was kind of bogged down and struggling. And if you're bringing back Mosley, which is still a possibility at this, this point, you have Kobe Brown. Well, now you have kind of like a one-two combo, and what you need is you need a third guy who can score and a fourth guy who can score. And it looks like what they're going to try and do. And and like I think, even though Tanjay looks like he's maybe filling into that Golston spot, like I think he's actually even going to be lower usage because I feel like Golston was much more kind of comfortable in that twenty-eight to thirty usage rate right. a range. And you know, Tanche's already proven that he's very comfortable in that like that high team. And I feel like they th- this is what they need with that that guard in that third spot is a guy who is comfortable in the high teams, who's comfortable in catch and shoots, who's you know really comfortable cutting to the basket, you know finishing strong, all those kinds of things, and not a guy who needs the ball in his hands to generate a lot of offense. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know. It may not even have appeared like it, but Golston ended up being our second highest usage player on the team behind only Isaiah Mosley, and that was in a very, very limited role. So when there were possessions getting ended, Golston was leading that category, be it in turnovers, shots, what have you. Um, So I didn't expect that to happen, but it did. Um, Part of that also is, is like Kobe Brown, who a lot of people would assume is high usage, does pass the ball out of uh you know his position a lot and and so you know usage is basically a guy who is ending a possession whether it's through a shot or turnover uh and not necessarily the guy who is kind of generating the offense from his spot sure so yeah i would uh i was a little surprised with that this year but i think part of that was that they might have envisioned a i'm sure they did envision a larger role for isaiah mosley in the offense and when that piece wasn't there, someone had to step into it, and DeAndre Golston was the logical next choice because you can't really force a guy who hasn't been that in his career to be that. Um, Nick Honor, I think his usage dropped 3%, and he was already a low-usage player. So asking a guy like that to take twice as many shots, it's just not going to work. You know, that's why those guys are so rare, (laughs) you know, to be able to, take so many shots, have so much of the offense run through you and still operate at an efficient level. Um, so I think that might actually lead us into our next point, but we'll see where we're going from here. <laughs> well, so I do kind of want to finish uh, at least the discussion about like what we think the roster is going to look like, you know, sans any additional uh, recruiting additions, just who's coming back. Uh, because what we know at this point is, you know, we know that Aiden Shaw is back. So we've, you know, like we've gotten confirmation. We believe fully Aiden is, is happy to continue to develop at Mizzou. Uh, he likes his position. He thinks like he can kind of take another step next year. Um, we also know that uh, the, uh, the several of the guys that walked as seniors, um, you know, Sean East, Nick Honor, Noah Carter, um, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry. Those guys are all expected to come back for their final year of eligibility. Um, even though they were seniors, they still had this whole COVID year, and the COVID year is is also what like you know Tanjay is is taking right. advantage of. We also know that the three freshmen are incoming are all expected to be on campus this summer. We know that uh, uh, Kurt Lewis, the JUCO transfer, is also expected to be on campus. So at this point, like this, these are all the guys we're expecting to be on campus this summer. And by, you know, this summer is 
basically when you're starting to form your team going into next year. Uh, beyond that, we're pretty sure Kobe Brown's coming back, and we have at least some kind of uh, positive information that Isaiah Mosley is going to return also. Um, we are getting to the point where, like, a lot of those, if you, you start counting the numbers, like, it starts getting... Uh, oh, and I, I do want to make one more point about Kobe because I did get confirmation from uh, Mizzou today that uh, the information that we thought we knew about Kobe counting against the scholarships uh, or not counting against the scholarship was uh, has expired. So that was like a, a one-time deal for the NCAA that's not carried over. I still have no idea how Texas A&M uh, <laughs> got 15 guys in the roster last year, uh, but somehow they did it. Uh, but if Kobe comes back, Kobe will count against the roster um, or against the 13 scholarships. So that we know. Um, so at that point, like you're looking at, okay, like what's Ryan DeGray going to do? What's Caleb Brown going to do? Uh, we, there's still a question on Mohamed Diara. And the main, main thing I think with Mohamed, um, I don't think anyone's expecting him to enter the transfer portal. There's a possibility because of a family situation back in France that he may return to France and, and, uh, and try to play professionally over there. Um, but it, it, it seems like if he's going to be in the United States, he's probably going to be on Missouri's roster. So that's kind of what we know. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. I think you're pretty much looking at guys that um, that we have a pretty good feeling are going to return, guys that I think the team would like to have back. And then there's a group, I'm not even going to put anyone in this group, but that may see their minutes um, getting eaten up this spring if they haven't already. Um, via uh, more transfer portal additions, you know, and I don't think Mizzou is done in that regard whatsoever. It's just how extensive their activity will be. If it's one more guy, then, you know, you might get away with not much movement at all. If it's three or four more guys, I wouldn't expect that many, but you never know. Um, and I think, I mean, college players are smart. They know where their minutes are. And if they see guys that are either older than more, more proven than them coming in, you know, that's, they know. So that's, that'll be something to monitor, I think. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, so I think like this is where it does kind of get a little interesting. Um, we believe that Missouri is looking at at least one more guard wing type somebody who can score uh and shoot um they we also believe they're looking at one more uh interior player uh you know gates has apparently had a zoom with um eddie lampkin who i believe is is your favorite guy um <laughs> uh if anybody like you know wants to know uh, i think we're, we're kind of on the same page as this i don't like i just don't think he fits into what Dennis Gates wants to do very well. He is big. He plays hard. He can rebound. I, so I guess if like if that's what you're going for, and then clearly they want somebody who can rebound. Um, but for what the offense is, the style of play that they want to they want to do, uh, you know, being a little bit more fluid offensively, Eddie Lampkin is just not really that guy. Um. I would really like to see them go after Shadwick, the Virginia transfer. Um, I've 
think that kid's awesome. Like he's he's mobile. Uh, he can run. He can block shots. He can rebound. Uh, he can shoot it. Um, like he's not a guy who's gonna you know break down his defender off the dribble. He's not really a guy you want posting up a whole lot. Uh, you know, but as far as like a, a defensive menace around the rim, like he blocks a lot of shots and he can rebound. Uh, I, I don't think there's a maybe a a better fit for what they want that is already in the transfer portal uh, than that guy. Um, you know, the rest of the post options are certainly guys that like I I think you're you know if if it's what you need, like sometimes you have to you know make some uh, concessions and uh, and certainly there are guys that they would make concessions on if they really had to, um, but. Yeah, so we think they're probably looking at adding two more guys, and that means that somebody's going to have to come off the roster. Yeah, I would say, to add on to the point about Lampkin, it's I don't know that he's not a fit. I just don't know that he's proven to be a fit, um, if that makes sense. He's, he's, a, he's a good player, but he's big. He, he's a big boy. You know, for a team that's wanting to play 10-11 guys and go all out, all game long, pressure defense, guys playing in space, switching on defense when you're in man, that's a lot to ask for a guy that size. Now, perhaps, you know, some work he trims down and really uh, shows us something that we haven't seen, but I just, I, I do agree with you that I don't think we've seen anything from him yet that really makes him a fit for what we're looking for here. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I've been wrong before, so... We'll, we'll see how that transpires. But, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal is really a great thing, and there's a lot of very good players in there. But when it comes to post players, there's it's it's a tough it's a tough gig. Um, usually you're seeing guys who are a little undersized from smaller schools, you know, 6'8", 6'9", very good post players when you're in the Northeast Conference. You know, moving up to the SEC, that's that's a lot harder than if you're a guard at 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and have been doing the same thing. And you see those guys, and then you see a lot of uh, younger players searching for another opportunity. So you're, you know, either way, you're looking at something that's a little less proven than you are with perimeter players. And I think that's, you know, Lambkin is probably an outlier in that regard. He's played a lot for a good team, and you know what he is. That's somewhat rare when it comes to guys at his position so at least to that regard um you know he can rebound and Mizzou was as we know could use all the help they can get so I'm not going to write off the possibility or his impact at Mizzou but um you know the Virginia transfer Caden Shedrick who you mentioned seems like a very good fit getting um three years of coaching from Tony Bennett you know he will be able to defend um, but perhaps unleashing him and letting him do a little bit more than the very strict confines of the Virginia offense and defense, you know, you may be able to lock something there too. So, yeah. And I mean, as far as the, you know, there were some additional kind of names that popped into the portal today. I think, you know, everyone saw like Kalel Ware, uh, who, uh, was at Oregon last year. Anybody who doesn't know, um, he is a former McDonald's All-American. I uh, believe he was the top 10 guy uh, last year in the, in the freshman class. Or, or going into his freshman season, he was a top 10 uh, you know, player per 247 sports. And uh, he's a guy who who actually, like Missouri, was on his list pretty late um, into the process. I want to say like they made his top five. Uh, it, it did kind of come down. I want to say it was either Oregon uh, or Texas. And uh, at the time, like, I, I don't know if he, like, released top two, but I sort of believed it was going to come down to those two. This is when Chris Beard was at Texas. Um, Old Miss, I believe, was also on his top five. So uh, he is a, an Arkansas native. So it is possible that there's been, like, some back-channeling done there from, uh, from Muss, who we know is sort of cutthroat with that stuff but you know like they also have Bay Fall a five-star post player coming in and we know that like you know Musk really doesn't like to to play a whole lot of uh post players like he really likes to you know guards who can handle the ball and I mean he everybody wants somebody like you know Jordan Walsh who can just defend the hell out of you um but like these these are kind of kinds of the the players who are going to see a lot of minutes under Musk 
So I don't know, really know that that's a fit, but Ole Miss, who has Chris Beard now, um, you know, could be a threat there. Uh, I'd be curious to see if Missouri tries to get, you know, involved. It doesn't seem like a really natural fit other than he did like Missouri when Conzo was there. Um, but definitely a guy with NBA potential. Uh, had a little bit of a disappointing year, um, you know, which I, I think is kind of par for the course for a lot of, you know, freshman bigs. Um, you know, it's really kind of tough to, to be a, an, an immediate impact for, for a lot of these guys. Uh, any, any takes that you have on, on where and, and sort of any possibilities there? Well, I'm going to put you on the spot since you brought up an interesting point. I need a, I need a one word answer to this. Chris Beard or Eric Musselman, who you're playing for? Uh, Chris Beard. Hey, so <laughs> it is as much as I like, as much as, so all the things behind the scenes that, that I've, I've heard, um, like I've yet to meet anybody who says nice things about Eric Musselman. <laughs> I did like anybody who apparently works with the guy doesn't like him. So do you prefer uh, your new shirts on? Is that, <laughs> that might be part of it. Like I, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to see that. Uh, and while, and while Beard clearly has, uh, some off the court issues to resolve, um, you know, there's a lot of people that will still stand by him. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I, it, that's a, that is a tough situation. Um, can I just say, you know, Dennis Gates, uh, <laughs> well, I warned you a lot more words. I asked none, for none of the above. <laughs> Um, but to answer your question, since you answered mine, uh, I don't really have any thoughts on where. I think he's a very good player. But as far as whether Mizzou will be active there, I don't know. Um, you know, I obviously, Coach Nutt has some deep ties to the state of Arkansas. So perhaps maybe, um, maybe send him down there for a month and see what happens. Um, but no, I don't. He's a very good player and I think he'd fit well. Um, but other than that, I mean, can't really say much one way or the other. Yeah, and and it is like another thing. Like, so many of the guys that are going to the transfer portal have already kind of gone through the recruiting process once. So the likelihood that they're really wanting to kind of go through the recruiting process again is pretty low. Uh, it tends to be a little bit more transactional, a little bit more like business like. And I think in those kinds of settings, you know, and not not to say like this is why Dennis Gates is going to reel in, you know. Uh, where at all like that's not what I'm saying but I feel like Dennis Gates and his approach can be successful in that because he he does seem very kind of brass tacks when it comes to these things like this is what we can do this is the offense that we run this is the positions that we can put you in uh, you know to make you successful um, and so I, like I do feel like there's a reason why he's been able to kind of win a lot of these transfer battles very quickly like we were just talking about Tanjay basically committing within a week of entering the portal, um, you know, which, you know, for, for me, like I would want to hear somebody else out, but you know, apparently he got to Missouri and just heard everything that he needed to hear and was like, I'm, I'm good here. Like I want to commit. And, and again, like we can talk about like the fit we, or we did talk about all the, the fit things and why it worked, but it's, it's still like a really quick close. And so, you know, it, it does sort of interest me like, all right, so, when it comes to the, the next post guy, uh, who are they going to get to campus? Uh, are they going to try to get in uh, on somebody like where? Uh, are they going to try to hover around the sort of top tier guys like where and 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 uh, and Shadwick? Um, is that did I say that right? Like it's so it, like it's also like weird like doing this video stuff because like I'm so used to like having like things on my screen that I can like look up just in so I don't like screw up names and whatnot and it just I don't have that uh, yet. Yeah, um, his last name is Shedrick, but you're Shedrick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like if you can get a guy like that, that's great. Like that's what the kind of guy that you want. Um, you know, getting Eddie Lampkin on a Zoom like he's a very hot commodity. Uh, even whether we question the fit or not, like it's, that's still like, that's impressive because he's got a lot of people who are interested, including, you know, apparently Ed Cooley, everybody thought he was already committed to Georgetown. So 
like th that situation and how they're able to kind of bolster their interior is certainly going to be uh, something that they're probably going to be dealing with for a while because a lot of those guys are going to have a lot of options. That gets us to where I want to go next. And I think this is where uh, I, I warned you before, and we're going to talk about this. I think as big of uh, like when you talk about like the news and like Mizzou, Twitter, uh, whatever you want to say, the, the reaction to Caleb Love actually entering the transfer portal uh, and that happening was almost as big, if not bigger, news than the actual guy who committed today, uh, who we both are saying, this is a great commitment. Like getting this guy is, is, uh, is, is a, is big deal. Um, but, but Caleb Love, uh, is somebody we've talked about for years. He, uh, he was nearly a tiger, uh, back in, oh shit. So he's, a. He's a junior, um, so so it, you know, Conzo did a great job recruiting him. Got Missouri basically in the runner-up position, but it could not get over the hump. Could not defeat uh, the Tar Heels. Could not take down Chapel Hill. Um, and but now that you know, after it looked like his sophomore year is when he was kind of starting to figure it out, and then Carolina brought everybody back for. Uh, you know, for another run. And it just did not go well for the Tar Heels for a lot of different reasons. Um, one of them was that Caleb was just not very good this year. Uh, and so he's entering the transfer portal. He is a high usage guy. He does take a lot of bad shots. But there is no denying that he is a really talented basketball player. Uh, and I really think and this is also a little bit of a st louis homer like you know we i've watched caleb play since what was that first press on me is like in the eighth grade or ninth grade or something like that um and you really want like these guys to play well like it was looking like his trajectory might have had him on the path the nba a lot sooner rather than later um but he's a guy who i think in the right situation and and we can talk about whether or not missouri is that right situation but in the right situation, I think could start to show the flashes that we thought we were going to see and, and kind of turn into the guy that uh, that I, I think we all thought he could be when he was coming out of high school. Yeah, this was, <clears throat> excuse me, this was my segue earlier about the high usage um, <laughs> conversation as the natural lead-in. Um, but I not being a St. Louis person myself, I live here now, but wasn't born and raised. I don't have that, uh, don't have that tie, but you know, he's, I think the big thing with Caleb Love is fit, um, <clears throat> both for him and for the team with Mizzou. We've talked about this by we, I mean, you, myself and Matt Harris, um, that depending on what Mizzou brings back next year, it could very well be a good fit, but Caleb is a high usage player. He takes a lot of shots offenses generally need those guys um kobe brown doesn't take a ton of shots but he does have a lot of offense that's run through him isaiah mosley when he's available takes a lot of shots if you lose those two guys the fit makes a lot more sense <clears throat> so i guess if you're bringing those guys back the question is how do you fit three guys who are going to put shots up all on the same team together at once with two other guys on the floor. Um, unless there's a rule change, there's one basketball. <laughs> and I don't think they're changing that rule. They have changed a lot of rules, but not that one. So there's going to be a lot of figuring out roles in that scenario. Who does what? Who's going to be the guy taking the shot? Who's going to have the offense run through them? You can make it work, but you're... It's, it's more difficult than, say, a, a John Tanjay playing aside those two guys who's used to excelling in that role. And you also look at what Caleb does well. Is he a spot-up shooter? Mm, you know, results have been mixed there. Could he improve? Certainly. Um, you well, know, he did he shoot 36% uh, as a sophomore, which is a respectable sure. uh, percentage when it's a high volume. 
and in conference play that was actually closer to 38 percent so um yeah so there is a at least track record of him shooting with a higher efficiency than uh although i did watch his transfer portal uh highlights and i was cracking up that like like the, uh, the first five highlights are like two banked in three pointers uh, <laughs> i'm like I'm like is that the highlight you want um somebody who <laughs> used to shoot a lot of threes when i played uh that's not like if i was banking in a three that was an accident like that wasn't something i was trying to do um if there's one thing that deandre golston has taught us that banking in threes <laughs> can be very valuable yeah hey it, it still counts still counts as three um but yeah so it's just like it is one of those things where if you're if you're trying to figure out fit uh, and you're looking at the roster as it is now, you know, like if, if Mosley is back, then I feel you have a high usage guy. You're going to pop a lot of position uh, possessions to. The only question is, is like, do we know that that's going to be the case? Like, right. even if Mosley decides that he's going to come back, we, we saw how things went this year. And again, like, I, like we've, we've hinted enough to sort of know, like th- these, there are things that were out of his control that you know kept him from you know being as involved in the team as as i think the staff wanted him as he wanted to be uh you know but the relationship is still really good and they do want him back and if he comes back then that's great but are you getting him for 30 plus games or are you getting him you know for nine or eleven um you know caleb love if anything has proven he's very durable uh, you know, he's, he's capable of playing a lot of meds. He's capable of playing, uh, you know, all the games. Um, and I, I worry about the efficiency because he has not been efficient and he has taken a lot of bad shots. Um, I also think that like some of it is a little bit overblown because I feel like there was a lot of issues around that Carolina team this year. Uh, you know, and there were a lot of people I think that were kind of placing maybe a lot of the blame on Caleb when I think it was, it was more of like the collection of players that it just like, they had it working and they sort of expected it to carry over. And when it didn't carry over, uh, then there was, there was, you know, some, some trouble for them. Um, so I think like a fresh start for him could do a lot of good. Yeah. The question is like is Missouri going to be the best fresh start? And I almost wonder, you know, and and this isn't necessarily saying like, you know, I I feel like I keep hedging my bets on Dennis Gates. Uh, it's like, like I'm, I'm on the bandwagon, but like, I'm also like, like, okay, like we've kind of been on this road before where things have gone really well. And then, you know, like it's, it's, it's still, uh, it still ends up in a different place, but, uh, but I, you know, I do believe in, in, in Dennis mainly as a communicator, uh, and as a coach, who's going to do what he can to put his players in position to succeed. Um, and the one thing that bringing a guy like Caleb love to your team does 100% is it upgrades your talent. He is talented. This team last year, like one of the problems that they had was they just didn't have enough top end talent. Uh, the depth was one of the things that I think helped them a lot at times. And then when that depth got whittled down, if one or two things wasn't working, they struggled. And I think like, that's, that's, that's one of those things where like, we all saw this team. Yeah. I mean, they weren't great defensively. They didn't re you know, rebound. Um, but also like, if if the offense wasn't hitting, like they didn't really have a good plan B, and you know part of that is like their plan B was probably going to be Isaiah Mosley, and if Mosley is back, great. But it, you know if Mosley isn't, like you still need somebody who can you know who can find you buckets, and right. um you know and even if that's you know <clears throat> with ninety you know. Uh, 0.9 points per possession efficiency versus <laughs> versus like your usual offense, which is doing 1.1 or something like, like that's, it, it's still a way to, uh, 
keep you around until other things start working again. And, 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 you know, and I think it, what it does, and we've talked about this privately, like, you know, the ability of Missouri to, to like, not let those games get away from them is really what kept their predictive metrics numbers down. You know, you look at Kim Palm and all that kind of stuff, like why they were in the fifties is because like when they were bad, they were really bad. They would get blown out. Um, and if Isaiah Mosley is there and helping them get buckets, um, yeah, then, then maybe that's less the case and, and a team that can sort of withstand some of those bigger runs, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe instead of being a, uh, 54th in Ken Palm, you're, you're 29th and, uh, and then your resume gets you like a six seed instead of a seven seed. And it's just like all these like little, little trickle, uh, events that, that I think could, could help. Well, I think, you know, it's really, at least for me on this, kind of comes down to the math of the situation. Um, You know, as we all know, there's 100% and 100. um, And when we look at the usage, if you divide that up evenly among all five players on the floor, that's 20%, give or take. When we're looking at Caleb Love and Isaiah Mosley, they hover around 30%. So you're already at 60% with two players. You put Kobe Brown on the floor with another 24, 25%. We're up to 85%. So the other two players on the floor are basically not even there. You know, they're taking seven and a half shots or possessions out of every 100. And that's, you know, that's a really hard line to balance. So if you have those three guys, you kind of got to massage who's going to be taking whose shots because someone's going to have to go down. Um, You know, so your point about Mosley possibly not being on the floor, which is a good one, you know, that alleviates that problem because then you've got two guys out there who are doing the lion's share and three guys around them who do what they do. Um, And that works out a lot better. Could you do it in units where you've got one guy on the floor at one time? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what that if that's what Caleb Lubb's looking for. I don't know if that's what Kobe or Isaiah's looking for. You know, it's just, it just comes down to how it all fits together, how you're going to take all of these ingredients and make the cake. That's my thought on it anyway. And you also really like uh, Denver Jones. We both do. <laughs> he's a good player. He's uh he's similar to those types of players. Um, I would say the question you have about him, Granny maybe shouldn't even have that now. Um, he was on a relatively questionable Florida international team, not to be conf- confused with Florida Atlantic, who's a very, very good team. Um, but he was the guy on that team. He he was able to drive the bus. He was able to do what he needed to do. Um, and he still put up good efficiency numbers, which you love to see. I think that probably translates up a level, but... With Caleb Love, you're looking at someone who's played against an ACC schedule, has done it in March, took a team from, what were they, an eight or nine seed all the way to the championship game. Um, So you know how he matches up, at least with what he's done against that level of talent. Jones, on the other hand, who again, I do like, um, has a lot better numbers, but again, he's playing against a little bit lower level of competition. Though, I will admit, I love the Conference USA, so I don't want to speak ill will of them and get in trouble with my CUSA buddies. Well, and honestly, like, you know, I think the CUSA has kind of proven at this point that it was a bit of an undervalued league, um, you know, with uh, with both North Texas and, and UAB looking like they probably should have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, the, I guess, you know, maybe the bottom of that league isn't as good, but but he's definitely a guy who I think if you're scaling and you're scaling up, like he's, he's not going to be like high possession, um, the way that like Isaiah Mosley or Caleb Love would be, uh, he's, he's probably going to be maybe more higher, uh, usage than, you know, than, than Tanjay, but, but also a guy who can space off the ball and, and do a lot of catch and shoot. So yeah, he was, he was really mm-hmm. efficient in his very good shooter. Yeah, and I think like for me, like that's one of the bigger things that I liked about him. Um, I I like guys that could catch and shoot numbers. Well, um, I did. What's not Caleb Love? 
<laughs> I did confirm an interesting nugget about Denver Jones is that he is in his third year. He spent the last two years at um, Florida International, and his prior year to that was at Garden City Community College, and he that was a teammate of Mohamed Diara there. Not saying that Mo is going to be the one who swings him to Columbia, <laughs> but being that he's an Alabama kid and is probably going to have the University of Alabama and all of their shenanigans after him, he will also probably have Bruce Pearl and all of his shenanigans after him. So um, it'll be a that won't be an easy one to win because he is a very good player. Well, uh, anything else that you wanted to hit on before we get out of here? Um, I did want to confirm that this is not, in fact, um, North Carolina apparel. It is the remnants of my work apparel today. Um, I am not representing Caleb Love or his interest in this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think the I did hit hit on Nate Oates. And uh, speaking of North Texas, they do play Wisconsin tomorrow night in what could arguably be the slowest pace game ever to see national television. Um, so I've hit my quota of both Wisconsin and natives tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh the, that that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely you you know what side you're on it in, in that game for sure. Uh <laughs> if anyone didn't know, like Matt is a, a noted Grant McCaslin lover and That's true. Regardless of pace, uh I don't know. You love him because he wins a lot. That's nothing wrong with that. Um, so we are going to get out of here. Uh, I just want to make sure that if you are watching this on YouTube, like, I don't know if it's down here or maybe over here, um, there is a subscribe button. Make you, make sure you subscribe to this feed. You get all these like notifications that'll tell you when we have new video. Uh, we're going to try and do this weekly if I can. Uh, as long as we have stuff to talk about, we may take a, a little bit off as the summer gets, gets, uh, gets going here, but um and before the 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 box score is heading to video um very very soon uh so you actually get to see nate and bk and and all their excitement talking about football uh so make sure you're subscribed to that if you're listening to this on the podcast feed make sure you're subscribed as well they'll go right to your phone uh you can listen on your way to work um and you can have rockem radio everywhere you go uh you can see Watkins. uh Twitter handle there at Data Mizzou. You can follow me at Sam T. Stelling. You can also follow Rockham Radio on Twitter. Uh, and we will be back, I guess, next week to talk more transfers. I don't know if, if this Matt or the other Matt will be here, but I'll be here. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we will talk all about recording. So until then, thanks everybody for tuning in, uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.